Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. A grim milestone has been passed in the world of COVID. Have you heard? A million deaths reportedly associated with COVID. Yeah, I saw the celebratory confetti, like (laughs) we discussed before, coming down at CNN and MSNBC. Just they can blame it on Trump. All of them, even worldwide, the million is now Trump's fault. Does anyone say why it's Trump's fault? It's just kind of accepted. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I was tempted to text it to you, and I literally, in my mind envisioned that when I sent it, it was going to have, like when you send somebody congratulations or happy birthday, just confetti or balloons, weird about how much they love this. And and it's been like two weeks since I've mentioned report from They probably have a cake that they bring in afterwards. Yes. Everybody stays (laughs) a little later at work, gets a little hammered. Black on the inside. So, of course, when you dig into these numbers and look that, Quite possibly every single solitary person had a comorbidity, which means they had something, a fatal or terminal illness or an illness that could result in death. Anyway, but as I, when I just recall the report from Iron Mountain where they said that they would run computer models on how a very slight change in a law, and I would say similarly a piece of information, could change a has a ripple effect how much how many deaths oh this is what they said how many deaths would it take to change opinion about a policy and i think that number of deaths was three thousand for a while from pearl harbor to 9 11. but now on a worldwide basis the magnitude of the changes they want i think may require some numbers as big as 200,000 in the U.S., a million, just that million. There's something about that in your mind. Prior to that, the event 201 thing seemed not the same because they said 65 million people would be dead. But now that it's a million, I'm like, well, it's in that same, same number of commas. And then one of the big, big things that's coming down as a part of this big major thing is that kids will be taught by AI, which was a fourth industrial revolution goal long before that same body who came up with that, the World Economic Forum came up with Event 201, is that they wanted, I I remember a quote from one of those videos where the guy said, kids can learn so much more from YouTube than they can, I think maybe in a classroom or from a book. Yeah, and then you- Learn how puppets masturbate. You, yes. Wait, isn't that the Dave Chappelle show? No, that's a YouTube channel that my friend's kids were watching when I was babysitting them one time. He was a guy, I think I told you about this before, he was a gangster rapper yes. who beat his puppet girlfriend and masturbated all the time. <laughs> and they thought it was hilarious. It's very funny. <laughs> Although, did I tell you that my son, my special son, smashed his danged laptop screen because of something that he scared him that he was watching on YouTube because he starts out, I'm tell, I've talked about this before, you, you cannot control it. So I generally just pull him off of YouTube, put him on Netflix or put him on the big TV, but we were, uh, whatever, he was left to his own devices briefly and he 
and he'll he likes to watch My Little Pony, but they have really dark stuff like that will interject itself into the YouTube stream because there are bronies, bronies like adult men who think of the My Little Pony as sexual. I think. So you're talking about suggested videos. It just auto auto plays. Yeah. Okay. And then it goes from him. That's why I'm like, you have to watch it on Netflix. You have to watch it on Hulu. You have to watch it on TV. Like so. It's so like- he smashed laptop, which is good because now it'll just be on TV. Is it like Although, My Little Pony? Then the next video that comes up would be like a guy who's given a kind of twisted interpretation or commentary yes, on it. Yes, okay. yes, and but here's the thing: he he gets to that stuff because he's always on virtual school. Yeah. So unless I'm sitting next to him, I can't say, "Well, just go watch TV." He's like, "I had a five minute break, so I started watching YouTube." See what I mean? So, yeah. like, even in school, they wouldn't just let him start watching YouTube every time they changed classes. But now, and, and he'll sometimes stop going to class and start watching YouTube. Yeah. So he has a one-on-one that is paid for by the district, which we pay exorbitant taxes for this now. And she is sitting next to the teacher or whatever, visually, she she and the teacher are both on screen. He it doesn't need a one-on-one, which he would need to, like, help him learn and keep him from escaping because he's in my house. So I have to sit next to him the entire time to keep him from surfing YouTube or whatever. So anyway, he smashed his laptop screen. Thank God it wasn't our real computer screen, but it was still pretty bad. And I'm not replacing it because it's crazy. But the point is that you're, you have this, these kids are just completely plugged in. You really cannot control it because it's individual because every single kid has to have his own thing, his own room. So I used to want to have like one TV or one computer so the kids would have to cycle through or compete or we'd have to a- agree, but you really can't do that now. And think about the ability to control the entire world. Like your guy was saying on our last Rockfin video, you can get a message out to every single kid in the world within seconds mm-hmm. because they are glued to their phones. Yeah. And same thing with the propaganda, with what is taught. And when you witness what is taught in public schools, especially versus really good private schools, the public schools, it's all propaganda. There really is nothing else. They actually don't want you to read the great books or any kind of real history because that would unbrainwash you with understanding the complexity or the nobility of man, um, or, you know, understanding the multidimensionality of a human being, and you can't just label them. And the same thing about history like you would actually think of competing forces and it's riddled riddled with conspiracies riddled yeah so they history is conspiracy yeah it's just plotting what one of the great libertarian economists i forget who it was said history is just a or maybe it was william graham sumner who gets mixed reviews said something like history is just the story of man trying to steal the value created by other men that's the history of politics or whatever you know that's all it is and it is what's up guys with such uncertainty in the world right now the best way to have true security is by growing your own food and neighbors feed and seed in smyrna georgia they got you covered they offer garden supplies vegetable plants chicken feed bird feed farm supply everything your garden or farm needs they even host a farmer's market on saturdays from 10 a.m to 4 p.m and right now for propaganda report listeners only they're offering 10 percent off of all online purchases at neighborsfeedandseed.com just type in coupon code prop p-r-o-p all caps upon checkout and if you have any questions give them a call at 678 Six five three eight eight three eight. 
And I also want to add that Neighbors 2021 seed packs, their organic seed packs, and their cool weather seed packs are all now available online at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. And that coupon code PROP will get you 10% off. So be sure and check that out. So here, getting back to that big milestone of a million COVID deaths, it is all signs are that they're preparing for another lockdown. And I have to say, I've never gone a winter without somebody getting a cold or the flu or whatever. I mean, I don't know what it's from. I don't know why it's why winter is a certain way. It is the season for COVID. But if Sweden, which if lack of vitamin D or being in a cold place or spending all your time indoors, Sweden gets to where there are white uh, uh Are there white nights? In the, I guess that's the summer, but it gets really cold there. And I just feel like Sweden may be undermined, may be sabotaged, or may just have the same relapse as everybody else. But I believe that the shoe has not dropped on Sweden and that they may yet be an example to the world of what happens when you, A, get out of lockstep, and B, do do not choose the more restrictive authoritarian approach to a universal global problem and i'm sure and my guess is that their neighbors will also suffer for their selfishness and liberty yeah i think you might be right on that i heard a story last night where they were talking about how i think it's india was doing great but now now they're starting to turn bad like the united states why did it happen and why did it happen because they ended the lockdown i don't know that yeah. shoe's gonna drop too right yeah probably because they ended the lockdown I, di- I didn't go into it i was I was not interested in that story at the moment. I've heard so much about COVID, how it's coming back, and how we're going to be facing the dual diseases of the flu and COVID. So make sure you also get your flu vaccine because we're going to get hit with the left and the right here. And yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about the lockdowns as well. What I did last night is I watched the new show, The Comey Rule, which was released on Showtime. You can also find it on Amazon. I hate to give a plug for this terrible show, but it's a miniseries based on James Comey's book, and it starts off right before he was appointed the head of the FBI. And a couple highlights. I'm only 30 minutes into this. The first episode's an hour and a half. I'm not sure how long the second episode is. But one of the things I noticed was the actor that played Barack Obama looks like a child. I mean, he, he could play a high school senior. I looked him up. He's 34 years old. He's a British actor. Obama was 47 when he took office. It's just a little subtle piece of propaganda. Let's make Obama look young, vibrant, and fresh, while the guy who plays Obama, not Obama, the guy who plays Trump literally looks like he's a dead guy. He's not older than Trump. He's younger than Trump, but he looks like he looks miserable and horrible. Obama looks fresh, young, and ready for action. So Obama's interviewing Comey for the job of the head of the FBI, and he asked Comey, you can make a lot of money in the private sector, but why do you want to come back to government, Jim? And oh, no, please, no. The answer. That sounds like the biggest softball I ever heard in my entire life. The answer given, let's see if you are expecting the turn it takes. The answer that Comey gives is he, he tells a story of what motivated him to want to do public service. And that story is back when he was a teenager and the guy called the Ramsey Rapist, broke into his house and held him and his brother in the bathroom. And it scared Comey. He left out a few details, which I'll tell you in a second. But he told Obama that it scared him deeply, that he was he was disturbed and he would sleep with a knife and have nightmares. And he was worried, what if this Ramsey Rapist guy comes back? And ever since then, he was committed to public service. And he ends the little story by answering the question by saying to Obama, 
Money's great. Catching the bad guys are better. That's how he summed up that little story. He did leave out the part about him identifying somebody out of a police lineup that was the wrong person who was innocent and ruining that person's life. Oh, and the wife still is shocked about it. And she I've heard her interview and the city had to pay three million dollars plus to that guy for ruining his life. And that is not the first time or I should say that's not the last time that the government has had to pay million dollar or more settlements for Comey's malfeasance or incompetence. Yeah. So that's the story where they originally make him out to be like the hero. They didn't even they didn't do the hero part here. They kept it short and sweet. The most interesting part that I've seen, I'm only 30 minutes into this thing, was we got to see a little bit of what we haven't heard about yet of the Flynn story. Remember the Flynn story where he was over in Russia for the RT gala, the 10th anniversary gala. He was giving a speech. He was paid $45,000 for a speech, and he was sat at the same table as Putin and as Jill Stein, who was also there, and as others. It was a round table. They kind of make it out. He was sitting next to Putin. He was next to Putin at a round table. It wasn't like a booth and they were buddy-buddy next to each other, bumping elbows. But he was next to Putin at that table. And did you know, do you remember the story that wasn't quite as publicized where prior to that RT gala, where Putin invited Flynn to come to the Kremlin to privately meet and talk shit about Obama and Hillary Clinton have a good laugh about how much they hate them, and then the two of them together left to go to the gala together after that private meeting. Do you remember that news story? No, I don't either, because it never happened. <laughs> Yet that happened in this movie. Unbelievable. I mean, unbel- they just fabricated this private meeting <laughs> we're, we're put, you come over to the Kremlin before we pregame here, then we go to the gala. Oh my God. Yeah, so he comes over to pregame with Putin. And so he's waiting in the lobby of the Kremlin eagerly. He's eagerly waiting with his best tuxedo on, fiddling his golden cufflinks, clearly fiddling them because he's hoping Putin will notice them and be impressed by them. They kind of make him out to be a doofus. And then. Flynn? Yeah. And then. Uh, and then. Putin walks in the room with his translator and Flynn's eyes light up and they shake hands. And this is the first time they met. So the translator here is doing all the exposition that the audience doesn't know about Flynn. Uh For example, the interpreter at one point tells Flynn who Jill Stein is and that Jill Stein's also running for president. Michael Flynn knows that. So that's just that's just dialogue designed for the audience to associate Jill Stein with this as well. But so he shakes Putin's hand and the translator let me tell you what the translator said first flynn says i very much appreciate this invitation mr president and then the translator tells putin that general flynn see introduces him because i'm sure putin always meets with strangers he's never met before in private that makes a lot of sense and then he says general flynn serves as an advisor to the campaign of donald trump to which putin says Trump is a colorful and talented man, to which they both have a good laugh. And then Flynn says, I understand you're not a fan of our current president, President Obama. And then he, well, when he says President Obama, he goes, I understand you're not a fan of our current president, President Obama. Like, he's, like he really is a villain trying to go after Obama. And they share a good laugh about that. And then later on, they share a good laugh about how much they hate the Clintons. And that point about him being the advisor to Trump's campaign They also showed a graphic on the screen saying, Michael Flynn, advisor to Trump's campaign. This event, this gala event, and this event that never happened, this little meeting prior to the gala, happened in December of 2015. Michael Flynn wasn't asked to serve 
as the advisor to Trump's campaign, as an advisor to Trump's campaign, until February of 2016. So at that time, he was not an advisor to Trump's campaign. This film, however, clearly seeks to try and label him as an advisor to the campaign who went over to the Kremlin prior to this RT gal, which he was paid 45 grand to go speak at, had a good laugh making fun of the political opponent on behalf of Trump as Trump's advisor. I mean, as it's a I complete re- fabrication and a manipulation of the timeline. It's mind-boggling how much of a lie this is. As I recall, Flynn, he was, I think he was a Democrat, and the first time his name came to my attention was in the 2012 Levant Report, where his defense intelligence agency talks about how it would be great if an Islamic, if uh, an Islamic caliphate arose on the border of Syria to give them an excuse to invade and take out uh, Bashar Assad. So that was just him basically making way for even inventing ISIS. And that's that's all I knew about that guy at that time. I think that's and it was shocking to me that Trump took him on. Are you ready to try CBD products and see why so many people swear by everything from CBD oil to body lotion to muscle rub? TrueHempscience.com is at the ready with the highest quality products they developed over decades in the business and a lifelong pursuit of nutrition, health, and spiritual well-being. They are eager to introduce you to the CBD experience and so confident in their products, they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and a special offer for Propaganda Report listeners. To learn more about their company, their passion, and their products, go to truehempscience.com slash propreport. Yeah, they didn't get to that stuff in there. They might later on. A couple of takeaways from this little interaction, and if you do get a chance to watch it, Really watch this scene, the way they depict this complete fabrication. If Flynn did the things they claimed that he did, why do you have to fabricate this meeting, this private meeting at the Kremlin? Why not just tell the story? I was watching this, and I had to, plus why I'm only 30 minutes in, I had to keep pausing it because I'm doubting myself because there's so much material that we are getting hit with in the news every night, every week. Our brains can only hold so much information at a time that I'm seeing this scene that has some plausibility in it because of all the brain associations that have been created with Flynn, Russia, RT, uh, going over to the, you know, that RT gala. And I'm going, did that, that didn't really happen, did it? He didn't go to the Kremlin and meet with Putin. I don't remember that, but I'm not certain that it didn't happen because of all the information they've overwhelmed us with. And I'm doubting it. I'm doubting the research that I've done in the past and I'm stopping to double check it. Nobody else, very few people watching that show have any incentive to stop and double-check that and see if whether or not it's true, because that story they show confirms and validates the belief that most of the audience watching this show has. And therefore, they have no reason to see if it's true, so it creates a false memory in their mind, and it creates this false memory of a private, really insidious and maniacal meeting with the Russian dictator, Trump's campaign advisor, on Trump's behalf. At the same time, in the real news, in real life, Flynn is kind of getting, uh, people on the right would say he's getting vindicated because there's an investigation into his investigators and things are being revealed to show that he didn't do some of the things they claim he did. So from the perspective of somebody who is a target audience of this film, they're seeing this little incident, wow, I didn't know he actually met with Putin one-on-one on Trump's behalf, and then in the news they're seeing Flynn being vindicated. In their minds, they're seeing a Russian takeover going on in real life. I mean, it's really insidious propaganda. This is a more, this is a more elaborate type of propaganda that we see. 
It has an effect yeah. on people, and it causes people to doubt themselves. When they act things out, that's very powerful. Yes. Because it looks real. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So how – do you still think that this – that the Russia thing is going to be a big player in the election? Absolutely. The, okay, because – 100%. We're running out of time. I mean, it is. Like every day I see stories about Russians already interfering with the election. something's going to trigger martial law. So is it going to be, I guess it'll be a combination of, first of all, we've been practicing with COVID to have like virtual martial law. And then they will take the confusion surrounding the election and they will make that feel like they will insert the Russian narrative into that. So it'll be both like mail, it'll be mail-in ballots, it'll be uh, the uh, Trump not giving kind of the, enough time to count the stuff, not conceding, and then then yes. maybe they'll start unrolling the Russia stuff. But the first debate is tonight, and, yeah. and I think one more Russia ta- thing. CNN did a four-minute package, and it was introduced. For the first time, CNN's chief propaganda, CNN's, Russia's chief propagandist, the propagandist in chief for Russia, the Goebbels of Russia, CNN said chief propagandist of Russia is sitting down with CNN to give his thoughts on Trump. So they're giving a platform to somebody they identify as a chief propagandist in Russia. And the whole the whole segment was about trying to get that guy to say that he wanted Trump instead of Putin, which he never did. He basically said that it didn't matter who they elected, that the U.S. and Russia is not going to get along. And the guy, they showed a clip of the guy. He had clearly been pushing this guy to say something because they didn't show the question. They only showed the Russian guy's answer. And the Russian guy's answer was, what's he going to do? Talking about Biden, I presume. What's he going to do if he's elected? Was he going to start a fight with us? Need I remind you again, he said again, so he obviously said this earlier, Russia is the only country that can turn the United States into ash. I mean, he made a direct and overt deadly threat against the United States because this guy had been pushing him. And then they end the interview, and then the guy sums it up. Well, even though this guy says he doesn't care who gets elected, they're still trying to undermine the election, according to the CIA. That's that's very hard to believe. I mean, they've been talking about that for years, and I still, you know, to feel like the only evidence of Russian interference is new knowledge is interference and pretending to be Russia. So, but with the debates tonight, I feel like there, there's, I had always expected there would be some element of, of like Biden is just a puppet anyway, or he's incompetent. And if he wore a mask, they could do a deep state thing, a deep fake thing. Well, ends up, I guess they're not doing a mask. And Biden, in an abrupt about face, refuses to have his ears examined for listening devices. So they are definitely <laughs> teeing us up for that ridiculous narrative. And they're also thinking about, they they said he wouldn't take a drug test. So I don't know what kind of drugs does does trump think he's on like parkinson's drugs or something what kind of drugs does he think heard a lot i've heard adderall i've heard cocaine but didn't you hear that story too yes i did he refused a drug test very weird and uh and then what happens if there's a a tie you were telling me that even though congress has a majority democrats it's it's by the states it's like they do a count of how uh, they just like label a state republican or democrat how does it work? The House of Representatives selects the president if one is not chosen by January 6th, I believe. Pelosi actually wrote a letter to 
Democrats warning them of this, asking them to shift their funding to local congressional candidates away from the presidential candidate, which is interesting. They seem to be having the conversation, not let's try and win the election. Here's what we're going to do now. Everybody's agreeing on that. Here's what we're going to do now after the election is not determined, which is kind of an interesting turn. But so it's decided by that's decided by the House and the Senate decides the VP. But the House, the way the voting happens is each state votes in a block. So even if you don't have the majority of people in the House, you can win. And currently, by voting in a block, the Republicans would have the 26 to 22 advantage. So therefore, they would get to name the president. So Pelosi's warning, we need to get more people locally into the House so we can win that when that happens. Is it crystal clear which Congress it is? The sitting it's Congress? It's the incoming Congress. That's crystal clear. Yes. That's the 20th Amendment. Is wow, what made that, so. that is really interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So she also, Pelosi, is still is also talking about a $2 trillion stimulus package, which would give us another $4 trillion deficit in fiscal 2021. I mean, these guys are determined to drive us into bankruptcy. From what I understand, they need to do the fiscal stimulus in order to get the monetary stimulus, but... Who knows? I don't know. But I did. Should we talk about something a little more intellectual? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. I got a a, a patron sent me a quote, Brad. Oh, so he, I think I met Brad at Neighbors. Yes, I think you did. Brad Chestnut. So he says, we are, which I love because I love Chowder and Chestnut is a very cool character on Chowder. <laughs> so anyway, he says, uh, this is a quote from Robert Johnson's book, Inner Work. He says, we are surrounded by a universe that is awesome and beautiful, but its forces behave in a way that is amoral. I remember this. It was a, I remember Stephen Jay Gould, I think, um, essay called The non, Non-Morality of Nature. It's, it's food for thought. Anyway, this guy says... They are not concerned, as we are, with the specifically human values of justice, fairness, protection of the defenseless, service to our fellow humans, the keeping intact of the fabric of practical life. It is we who have to introduce these values into the world around us. So so Brad's saying, like, if tyranny is a force of nature and power does always corrupt, the idea of seeking truth, following rabbit holes, Identifying what's really going on is not just a political exercise. It speaks to our need to cultivate our humanity. And he goes on to say something that I have said before. It doesn't, when you, it, when you fight against government oppression, it doesn't matter if there's malicious intent or negligence or mindlessness or just a natural craving for power. It doesn't matter. You you have to fight against it. And I used to say that on the show all the time. Like, you don't have to believe my truth. You don't have to believe this is a false flag. You have to always use ideology, principles, morality as your touchstone, no matter what events they throw at you to try to get you to question, to try to undermine the morality that you were taught and also supported with your own experiences, your own lifetime of trying to live a moral life and seeing if what your morality is comports with or or is consistent with your experience and what what bothers your conscience and all this. It's very important stuff and it is it gives me a little bit of hope and focus as to why because I get I get really tired of 
this news. It's very down. Like it's and what do I what do I bring? I, it's the propaganda report. I tell you what they're saying and why and what they're saying and why is all propaganda is deception. Deception is lied. Lie is is evil. It is the prince of lies. You know, it's not good. But is it worth doing or should I really just try to focus on solutions? I think we know the solutions. Some of us can get on that chopper out of Saigon. Some of us can start a farm. Some of us can do that. And some of us can't. Whether I can or not doesn't really matter. But some people listening can and some people listening can't. So, so what's the point? And I, and I think he's right. I think Brad's right. I think the idea that, that like truth, justice, these kind of things are, are behold, we are beholden to the quest for human, for the nobility of man. And that it is, it is not a default state. It's an active state. It's an active state. You're active. You're just, you must work. You have a moral imperative. You know, it's true. And, and you just have to do it. I'm, I just think it's interesting to as this as food for thought. That's all. Yeah, I think it takes work. I think it is a quest. I think it's a learning experience. I think when we're babies, if we were let to run free without growing up in a civilized manner, we would be savages. Yes, but there's another way of looking at that. Now, you could be savages if you're not trained to morality, but it doesn't, but savage and civilization are not opposites. And this is what I've noticed with my kids. I am constantly, constantly burdened by the need to get my kids up and out, get them to eat right, get them to put their fingers in dirt. So they're not, you know, that's just so healthy for them to get them off screens. And the whole world is conspiring to get them on screens. And then when they're exhausted from a day's work, what am I going to do? I'm going to like get a whip out and make them run around the block. It's very difficult. And I realized, and I always thought the the virtuous quest of humanity was to use the mind. That's why when I had a son with Down syndrome, I was really confused by what made a person human, what made a person above the animals. Cause I didn't really know him. I was just like, this is a person who's not going to be able to match me intellectually, even engage intellectually. I was wrong about that. He's actually quite clever, but but I look at these kids and I think, you know, it is not unintellectual. And I learned this from Bellamy and his answer to my question, like, how do you entice a kid to do that? I said, it's the creative process. It's the thinking actually to try to do something. I have this aquarium. It's, it's, they're basically goldfish and I have killed a lot of goldfish. I'm sorry, but I'm trying my hardest. And, and here's a person with a high intellect who is really trying to figure out this simple thing. And it's very engaging. It's very natural. And I get to the point where now I think I understand a little better about why the tomatoes aren't growing and all that. And I realized that, that it is actually a natural thing to do the things that are necessary for human life, both mental or all three mental, emotional, and physical sustenance. And that we just, uh, this world is getting uh, this great reset, which we're going to talk about on our next Rockfin video. This great reset is it, it acts like it's elevating humanity with the so-called progress, but it's dehumanizing us, not to where we're more like animals, but to where we're more like machines and ultimately to merge with machines. That's a great point. We do have a natural tendency to do what's right to help those around us. And when we separate from from that humanity and from that nature and we're stuck in the machines, we don't even recognize when there is need for help or you know need for us to do something to save someone. An example, I think this applies in nature as well. Animals. 
Animals that aren't rivals will save each other. They will help each other. Dogs will lick each other's wounds. Trees. There's a story about four trees in the forest. One of them was uprooted and dying. And it would have died, but the three trees around it grew in a manner to where the water, when it rained, would come down and hit the branches and hit the leaves, and it would flow into a puddle that delivered water to the uprooted tree, keeping that tree alive. Uh, three other trees saving that tree's life. Is that nature right? noticing find... that nature needs help around it. Can you find the original source of that story? I yes, mean, I'm sure I can. it's from your ancient memory. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, okay. I feel like this kind of conversation somehow always manages to uh, merge in the patron 15. But I think we kind of reverse the order. Not intentional. It just seems to be like a natural. So I want in the turn 15, I guess I'm going to have to do the opposite, which is talk about some kind of squirrely stuff I feel is true about how they how they stack the court and why maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg not stepped down when she could have and why they're going to maybe, I guess, put this chick in here who seems like, you know, like ridiculously, I, I don't think so, but she seems scarily conservative. A conservative's worst nightmare, not the way Brett Kavanaugh, or I mean, a liberal's worst nightmare. Brett Kavanaugh is, is, was fake, but she is probably for reals this kind of conservative. And I just, I feel like there's, Something afoot. I'll tell you about that in the patron 15. Oh, and I have to tell people, please, I'm sorry, that we have a disappearing patron party this Friday, and it's first Friday. So it's for patrons of the truth, friends of the show, and patron saints. But we have kind of restructured, streamlined our Patreon in light of our launch on Thursday of 45-minute continuous commercial-free stream, including the patron 15. So if you've hesitated to join for that reason, there it is. The only thing we would ask is that we we didn't do it that way for the longest time because having downloads and regular podcast app really pushes us up in the searches. So if everybody goes to Patreon, that the search engine stop picking us up. So please do not unsubscribe. If you go to Patreon, don't unsub even go go to your favorite all your podcasting platforms and subscribe right now. It's propaganda report so we don't lose any of that search engine power. But we do uh check out the patreon.com slash propaganda report for this week's DPP and for the new commercial free 45 minute stream every day. And leave us a review. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. That also helps us show up in the searches. It is Share the Show Tuesday, so share the show with a friend that you... And it's Ludwig von Mises' birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> if anybody's interested, get the audiobook, which is virtually free, I think, on Mises.org, of human action. Put it in your car. Yeah. Let it go on autoplay. It'll take a couple of years, but you will get through it, and it's a joy. It's so good for the soul and the mind. Fantastic. Opinion. Happy birthday. And in the patron 15, I'll tell you about the nationwide 911 outage that is very bizarre on its surface anyway. You guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We'll talk to you in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.